Hey, it's Dan. Before we begin, I want to let you know that there's only one more episode of the Jockey Club left. With that being said, before this is all over, I would love to hear from you, members of the Let It Ride faithful, to hear your thoughts and opinions on this movie or anything else that's been said on this series. And if I get enough emails, I'll make a special episode and read your thoughts. Now, if you've already sent me an email, it's probably going to be included. So if that sounds good to you, send an email to dan at moviemaker.com. You can even send me a DM on Twitter. Yes, it's true. You can slide into my DMs. They are open. I'm at underscore Dan underscore Delgado. Okay, let's do the show. Welcome to the Jockey Club, a podcast looking at the movie Let It Ride, one scene at a time. My name is Dan Delgado, and we're at historic Hylia Park where one man is having the best day of his life. I'm having a good day. So come on in and hang out while we talk about this day and the greatest movie of all time, Let It Ride. Don't worry about that guy at the door. I've got you covered. You can even take my seat to the jockey club. Welcome to the Jockey Club. My name is Dan Delgado, and we are up to episode 30, which means that we're doing the 30th scene of Let It Ride. And really, it is the 30th scene according to me. This is the scene where Trotter makes his final bet. With me to discuss this scene is Billy Koch. Billy has ties to both movies and horse racing, which makes him a natural choice to break down a scene with me. Billy's grandfather was famed producer Howard W. Koch, and his father is producer Hawk Koch. But Billy opted out of the family business and got into horse racing. He's the founder of the Little Red Feather Horse Racing Syndicate and the co-host of the Owner's Box podcast. Hell, he even spent a day on the Let It Ride set. And if you're playing along at home, this is from minute 117.40 to 11927. All right. Let's head on up to my usual table at the Jockey Club to discuss big wins, big losses, and the 30th scene of Let It Ride. So, Billy, the first question that I have for everybody when when they're on the show here is, tell me about the first time that you watched the movie and what you thought of it at the time, and has that changed over time? Especially for you, as someone who's such a horse racing involved human over all these years. Well, it was it was hard for me. It was interesting because I was obviously biased. My grandfather was brought on as one of the producers of Let It Ride. I was actually there for some of the shooting when they shot at Hollywood Park, which I, I missed dearly. So when I first saw the movie, I, I loved it. I thought it was hysterical. I thought it was really funny. I didn't, you know, I didn't know. It was a little adulty. I was, well, let's see, 89. I just graduated high school. I was in college. So, yeah, I mean, I got it. But it was, I don't know if I understood all of the themes that you know now when you look back and you see what Trotter was doing. And, but I, I've always loved this movie. In fact, I've, I've talked to my father probably in the last year about doing a remake. And oh, I said, really? yeah, I said, why don't we update this? It'd be so funny. So great. You know, I just, I'm trying to promote horse racing in any way I can. And, and what they did back then, 
It was really the story of Trotter and gambling. It wasn't really horse racing, so to speak. But I think if you did something fun today, well, I did a, a podcast recently with Kenny Maine, who's a good friend of mine, and we talked about Let It Ride. And so I was like, wow, you'd be great. Like, maybe you should do Let It Ride. So we, we just kind of laughed about it. But listen, I think it's one of those movies that, that has a cult following. It will live on in infamy forever. There are so many great lines. There's so, you know, I'm having a very good day. It's just like, I've said that a thousand times in my life. I can't tell you how many times at the racetrack we've, you know, I say, who do you like? And I scratch it off. Who do you like? I scratch it off. I mean, those things became (laughs) part of your regular racetrack vernacular. Right. Mm-hmm. So it was it was then it was now has it changed for me as I've grown up? And, and I know more about horse racing because back then I did know a lot, but I know so much more now. So even some of the subtle things that I, I just I, I think it's really fun. OK. All right. So the idea of updating Let It Ride, that's sort of a, a fascinating idea. Do you have any thoughts as to what you would actually do? Let's go ahead and, I, and I, give I, you the I, omnipotent I, powers to do. I don't know. I haven't really done a deep dive i did watch the movie several times i think in the last year and i just think I, it, it would have to be something big like a like a pick six you know where they're alive or something like that and and just to i think one of the great things about let it ride was these characters that they brought into your life you see him at the track. You know which guy's which you're like oh i have a guy just like that i have a guy just like that and you have a lot of haters and then, you know, you have people who are rooters. And I thought one of the scenes, you know, I watched, obviously the scene we're going to discuss, but I also watched the scene at the at the bar, which I thought was really interesting when Trotter made the plan that everybody goes in together. And yes. the second the people had to put up the money, they all just kind of walked away and started doing their own thing, which is just brilliant because, you know, he was hot. You're, you want to ride him, but they were like, no, they're just gamblers. That's what these people are. And there's plenty of people like that around. So I, I don't have the specific idea of how we would update it, but I think it could be fun. You know, that scene that you're talking about, that always gets me where they're almost at a, at a frenzied pace where yes. he's describing this idea, but then they don't go for it. And no. it always perplexes me as to, like, why wouldn't you go in? <laughs> Do you have an idea? I was asking somebody this maybe two episodes ago. Why wouldn't you go in with him at that point? I mean, maybe not everything I've got like he suggests, right? He seems yep. to suggest go home and hawk everything in your house and bring it. Right. But if I have, you know, $50 in my pocket, yes, I'll bet with you. Absolutely. And that's what we do. I mean, we do. As a group of friends, we bet all the time together, and it's a lot of fun. And we were just in the BCBC. We had a terrible beat. I don't know how closely you follow horse racing, actually. Do you? Not really, to be honest with you. Okay. No, that's fair. That's fair. But we bet a... uh, I worked with a guy trying to win the BCBC, and we bet a $33,000 exacta from Flightline to Taba. And Taba got had the had second place wrapped up, got beat about a half length on the wire, and it would have it was a half a million dollar difference had he held on for second. We bet it all. We tried to win the tournament. So a lot of the stuff when I'm watching Let It Ride, I'm like, oh yeah, that was us. We just we just went for it. You know? Billy. I don't know if I can swear on this, but fuck it. No, no. <laughs> fucking swear. If you tell me about that fucking beat. Yeah. How did you react? Did you lose it at that moment? Tell me about you know, the, how that. I'll beat tell you is. what. We were we were way up up high at Keeneland in a suite, yeah. just about at about the eighth pole or even further up. So we really couldn't see the actual racetrack. So we kind of, as they went by us, right. we just started screaming, 
And then we kind of took a sneak peek. I'm looking up at the TV. And just when flight line won by so many, the camera just stays at the wire. So you're not, you don't know who's going to run second. There's like, and it felt like an hour before the second place horse came by. And it wasn't Mike Smith and Taba. He was on the inside and got beat a half length. And we just, it, you just, I think I just crumbled to the floor. I mean, you just, you just go, oh no. It was just, it was a bad beat. But I will tell you, it's funny in the movie and in the scene we're going to discuss, I believe, or it might have been before, when he goes up to the teller and the teller says something about his balls and he says one of them's Crystal, the cop behind him, right? Yes, yes. And, and I had one great moment because we were just sitting there, our heads were down, we were just, I mean, almost about to cry. And one of my partners that was there from Little Red Feather knew what we were doing and he walked by, he goes, that was the ballsiest bet I ever saw, man. And I was like, you know, it felt good. And it felt like, it felt a little bit like let it ride. It felt like Trotter. But unfortunately, we didn't, we didn't win like he did. Yeah, that's what seems to be the admiration for the characters. It's, it's the bet. It's not yep. the win. It's the bet. It's, oh, it's the bet. you made this insane risk. That's what we admire. 100%. 100%. All right. So let's start talking about this scene here. And sure. So it starts where the ticket seller sees Trotter coming up, and immediately he starts to panic a little. He's downing way too many bear aspirins at once. And he, you know, he now, I may faint, but don't worry, we have full medical coverage, which, you know, <laughs> it's good to know that he's going to be, be covered if he faints, I guess. Right, right. So, Tr- I mean, you know, I mean, I, it, it's funny because you do build relationships with tellers. People don't know that. And I think when I first saw this, it was so over the top because the teller really would never do that, right? But right. it's a movie, and you do build relationships. We have, there's a there's an unbelievable woman named Kim who works in the corner of the clubhouse at Del Mar. She works in the $500 or more window, and she's become a friend. I mean, we go up, and we make our bets with her, and, and we talk to her, and I know her husband. And, and it's so, you do have relationships with these tellers, and there's some that are lucky, there's some that aren't. So it wasn't that surprising. Obviously, it was over the top that he was taking all the pills and was that nervous oh, to take sure. that because that's their job. Right. But that's a movie. So it was funny. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, another thing that happens that I, I find that, that cannot be realistic, but it's there for, all right, the audience needs to understand this, is, all right, so he's going to bet it. He puts the, the box down. He says, let it ride. And the ticket seller says how he can't take the bet. Like, he has to think about it for a second. Like, for a minute... <laughs> For almost a second, there's a moment where it seems like he doesn't know what to do. And then yeah. he's like, oh, that's right. Wait, the counting room. And I'm thinking, no, that, that can't be. You must automatically know. You've, he, we already yeah. know he's been in the game for X amount of years. He's been, Absolutely. he's been in all different places. Back in those days, and if you're not that close to horse racing, back in the day when this was made, they had, I don't remember if this, it was probably... they kind of went back a little bit, but you only had a certain amount of tickets. You had like a $2 ticket, a $5 ticket, a $10. They were all different colors. When I grew up, they had a $5 ticket, I believe, that was red. The the $2 ticket was black, and the $25 ticket was green, and they actually had to punch those tickets. So you'd be sitting there, punch, 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 and that's what he was kind of saying. I can't, I'd have to punch this ticket 1,300 times, or he said, so that's why he went to this room. Now, in today's world, that would never happen. you just make the bet right there and you'd give them the money and they'd i think the max they can put is a thousand so they'd have to print out he bet what sixty two thousand. so he would have had probably a stack of sixty two thousand dollar tickets 
Oh, okay. So he would not have to go into the counting room and no, and no one goes. Stuff. No, all that stuff was I think made up. I think they just wanted a couple jokes, like the sheik, you know, crying, the crying sheik. Yes, you know, the crying sheik, and just the fact that they were in there. And and I, I do love the cop that he's like, he's not going to lose the receipt. Like that's <laughs> you know that there's some funny bits in there, and it's just like it's that would never happen. I've been to the money room at Del Mar. It's pretty cool, but no one goes down there, especially during the races. All right. See, this is exactly the kind of information that i'm looking for here there you go all right made up so as another thing that what we really get out of this scene is how much the ticket seller and reardon the cop are now just totally in love with trotter reardon had arrested him earlier doesn't like people using profanity he's the you know he's the the most by the book cop you're gonna find the ticket seller couldn't stand him at the beginning just knows him as a as a degenerate who hangs around all the time he's a loser yeah. yeah he's a loser exactly and now both of these guys are just like madly in love with him they're just you know totally believing in whatever is happening here at the track today with him yeah it's it's one of those things you know he's having a magical day he admits it he knew about it early i don't know if you've ever had one of those days i've i've personally never i, I shouldn't say that I've never known I was in the middle of a magical day. We hit a pick six at, at another Breeders' Cup when Arrogate beat California Chrome. I had a little group that I put together, and we hit the pick six, and we were cashing for 315000 to Arrogate and 150000 to California Chrome, and they came down the stretch together. And at that moment, that was one of the best moments gambling-wise I've ever had in my whole life because you knew you were going to win, and here comes Arrogate on the outside and, and goes by California Chrome. And we all we went into an absolute frenzy, and it was fun because there was a little group of us that had you know put the ticket in. Uh, it wasn't just me; it was it was a, a bunch of people. And so I understand that when you have people, and, and I go back to the the tellers. The tellers know what you bet; they're they're rooting for you. They want you to win. I mean, that's that's how it is. So it's nice that they showed him kind of turn the corner, the teller, and obviously the cop. You know, there are people. Listen. In everything you do, there's what we'll call hanger-oners, right? You can go to the track and find people that just start hanging with this guy or hanging with that guy. You're not really 100% sure what they do, but they um, are always following the guy, uh, the guy who's making the bets. There's some thrill to it. Even, you know, when I've been around with my friends that have made big bets, I'm pulling for them. I root for them, you know, and we're screaming and yelling during the race. So I get that. I get the camaraderie. Um, I get the notion that this is a special day, and these people just want to be a part of it. Okay, so this day that you're telling me about with yeah. these two unbelievable bets that you have going. So yeah. after these bets are over. Yes. Tell me about that. What do you do with yourself? I'll tell you exactly. It was insane. We got a check because they didn't have they didn't want to we didn't want to take 300 and whatever it was, 15,000 cash. So we had to wait around. It was the last race of Breeders' Cup weekend. We waited for a check. Mm-hmm. We were heavily drinking. We all piled in a Suburban, and we actually, this is a crazy story. I don't know how many people know this, but we were, we, were, we were kind of spent, and we needed to get gas. So we stopped at a gas station, and one of my buddies came back with those, um, what are those called, energy drinks, the little ones? Oh, yeah, uh, the five-hour energy shots? Five-hour energy. Yeah, and yeah. none of us had ever taken one, and we had this big dinner. <laughs> Our wives were all there. So we, we drink this five-hour energy drink, oh, yeah. and we go to this dinner at this fancy Beverly Hills Hotel, where we were all staying. I think it was the Montage, and our wives are there, and we're just we're, we we drank a lot. I mean, we celebrated. I mean, that's what you're supposed to do. And but we had that five hour energy when we all went to bed. 
none of us could sleep. Yeah, that's our hearts were pounding. <laughs> we were all texting each other. All of our wives were asleep. I ended up going downstairs to the hotel yeah. uh, like lobby. I just had to get out of the room. It was like 3 a.m. and all of us were there. And we just were watching replays of the races. We had the hotel open the kitchen and they made us like eggs and bacon. And we had this like breakfast at like 4.30 in the morning. So it was a really memorable day. I'm always, I always say like making memories. That's my thing. Like let's make it memorable. If we're going to do it, let's do it big and make it memorable. And that was one of them. So what was better, the the dinner that you had with the wives or the 4.30 uh, eggs. Oh, the fourth, uh, yeah. definitely the four thirty, because the wives yeah. were just excited. They, they, you know, I, I, I was told a long time ago, and I, God, I wish I could remember who it was. They said, when if you're a gambler, whenever you come home from the track, you tell your wife that you broke even, no matter what happens, lose, win, you broke even. You know why you do that? Mm, tell me why. So she stops asking. <laughs> And so, but they knew that we had made money. So they, it was a fun, it was a great dinner. We had like a private room. It was really fun. But uh, at the, the 4.30 in the morning, eating eggs and bacon and watching replays of all the races was crazy. It was sick. <laughs> all right. So we're going to now transfer into the counting room and we get this nice sweeping shot. And I always notice, I think everyone notices the crying sheik. But before you get to him, there's also this. I don't know, this businessman looks like an Asian businessman. And they're taking money out of his briefcase and they're piling it up as though he's another loser. He's just taking it a lot better than the sheik who's really not taking it very well at all. No, I don't even know how to comment on this room, Dan, honestly. I I don't. This is not this is not real. This is not reality. It's a lot of fun. It's fun to see. It's good. Good laugh. But it's not it's not something that happens. First of all, you have to put the money up before you bet. So I don't know if they had already, you know, you don't get a lot of credit at the track unless you're a really, really big better. And maybe they were. But sometimes it happens. But I don't think it happens often anymore. I think you got to put up your money. All right. So then we have the ticket seller explaining to us how this is going to work. He's standing in front of a computer. Hot Trot is sitting at 40 to 1. But Trotter's bet is going to knock it down to 8 to 1. And his, it's really important. I was going to say to you now, like, he's betting, I have it as uh, 68 or $69,000. I so, think it was 62, because didn't he win 63 and he took out 1,000? I think he won 69. And then he 69 and he took it down to 68? Okay. Yeah. So, that could be. But. A bet like this on 40 to 1, does that math sound right to you? Yeah, I think they did an accurate job. In, in reality, it, it really depends on the pool size. When you bet on horses, it's paramutual. Right. So the more that's bet on a particular horse, the less the odds are. So, um, yeah, from going for betting, a, depending on how big the pool size and it, you know, it looked like a crowded day. It looked like a big day. It was yep. probably a Saturday. I don't know what it was, but it, it makes sense that if you bet that much money on a 40 to one shot, it could knock it down to eight to 10 to one. That, that completely makes sense. Okay. So yeah, because, but I mean, truth be told, a lot of players these days, if you want to get really technical, they'll go offshore. A lot of these big players have offshore accounts that don't necessarily go into the pools, and that's why they do it that way. Oh, okay. So if you go offshore, and let's just say I'm Trotter with my 68000 or whatever, 
and I go right. offshore and I bet it at 40 to 1. Does that mean it stays at 40 to 1? He might have gotten it at 40 to 1, but it would be uh, hard. I don't know if someone, I don't know the offshore world very at all, to okay. be honest with you. But, you know, someone, you'd have to find someone that would be willing to take that bet. And I'm sure there'd be people who are plenty spe- skeptical of betting that much money on that big of a long shot. Ooh, um, okay. So I think he would probably did it the right way. He had to bet it at the track, which he, he was there anyway, and he had the cash. And it certainly made sense that, that it would knock down the odds like that. But it's still, I think he got back, he probably got back a half a million dollars, right? Yeah, he gets, so it's, eight, it's about half a million that he ends up with, yeah. yes. Yeah. Yeah, and, yeah. and I have a, a copy of the screenplay from 1988, which has nice. a, a lot of differences from, from the movie. And there, it, go, it goes down to two and a half to one, which... I just know that two and a half to one is not as interesting as eight to one. Correct. Uh, for, for a movie. It's like, I could Correct. understand why that change was made. Yeah, man, you know, uh, willing suspension of disbelief. Yeah, I guess. I, I guess. took film classes, Dan. <laughs> Did you? Come on. Yeah. <laughs> was, it, was it mandatory in, in your household? No, I went to Northwestern. I was a radio, television, and film major. No, but I mean, you know, was that the encouraged path is what I'm I don't asking know if it was in, it was I don't know if it was encouraged but uh, right. I think my grandfather really liked it my father liked it and then I immediately got out of the movie business and went into horse racing which is absolutely crazy and do you have an explanation for this I worked on several movies during my college career and then right after my college career right. and I just didn't love it I, I I love movies I love going to the movies I listen to podcasts about movies. I love the movies. I just don't like the movie business, and I love the horse racing business. So I think if you do what you love, um, you have a chance to be successful. Well, there you go. That's a, that? that is a perfect answer. That is a perfect answer, my friend. All right, so Trotter makes the bet. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. I should also mention that uh, Ticket Seller notices just how calm Trotter is yes. during all of this. Who Trotter doesn't say a lot in this in this little scene here, no. but he does say that's because I'm going to win. He's so supremely yeah. confident in this. Are you when you're watching this movie? Are do you think he's going to win this last bet? Oh, I think he was. Yeah, I think we all knew. You know what? I shouldn't say that. I think I was probably 80-20. Like it would be funny if he lost or there was an inquiry, but they already did the inquiry scene. I think earlier in the movie. So I, you know. I think I thought he was going to win. Yeah, he was supremely confident. He was having a great day. And I think that, you know, he was the hero of the story. I don't think, I mean, this is a movie, so you want him to win. And I thought it was also great, and we're going past it, but, like, all the people who are just said, hey, let let him win. Like, they were all talking to, I'll call it the racing gods. We call them the racing gods. You know, yeah. let this guy win. Let this guy win just one time. I thought it was nice that everybody, even the the girl with the braces who ended up being on Sex in the City, yes. you know, she was like, I'll lose my $200. I don't care. Let him win. You know, I just thought it was a nice touch that everybody was rooting for him at the end. I love it. All right. Now, ticket seller hugs him, tells him he's a wonderful guy. And I I love this little ad at the end. I'm just actually going a little bit to the next scene. But when they show the odds change, Looney looks at it and says, some Coke dealer probably went nuts again. (laughs) (laughs) Looney was amazing in this movie. Uh, He really was. If you just go back and watch him, he was absolutely just an incredible character and someone that all of us know. You know, there's the guy there. I mean, when they break from the gate, he, he says, like, oh, I think the two look lame. You know, it's like, what? Shut up. Like, you want all positive energy. The only the only part, if you go forward, the only part that I thought that was really bad. Tell me. Actually, for track people, 
and you'll get into this when you continue the movie, is when the horse is running, they show a close-up of the horse, and then they show Trotter, and Trotter goes, I got it. Because as a horse better, you never, ever, 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 I cannot tell you how many times someone's been standing next to me knowing what I bet or one of our horses is running, and they say, oh, you got it. As the second the second that happens, so your horse loses. So Trotter is a very superstitious guy. Mm-hmm. He would never have said that. That's the one, that's the that's the craziest flaw in the movie. He would have never said, "I got it." When they were halfway down the lane, that's oh. that's like an absolute no no, <laughs> total no no. Yeah, uh, I totally understand where you're coming from there. See, yep. this is exactly one of the things why I, I kept thinking that he was not going to win in, oh, in really? the end. Because it always seems to me that a movie, especially when it's about some vice like gambling and we're having such a good time with it, it feels right. as though there needs to be some sort of humbling or lesson at the end. And so I, right. I always find this movie to be subversive because of that. Because yeah. it, it totally, no, 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 we're doing this. No, no, we're going yeah. all the way with this. We don't care. Yeah. I think yeah, I get your point. Yeah. I get your point. I never saw it that way. I always thought he was kind of going to win. I never. I don't know. I just didn't. I, I didn't see it that way. I, and everybody's different. But I get what you're saying. I just thought about the the movie, The Cooler. Remember oh, that movie? Absolutely. Yeah. That's yeah. A, that's, and and that was a great, great movie. movie. That talk about that gambling a great and great movie. Great movie. So anyway, but I I, I don't know. I, I I think I thought he was going to win. I don't know. I, I was a, remember I was a kid when I saw it, and I was really into the. You know, I I had ties to the movie. Okay. So. <laughs> Now, were, were these reshoots that were going on? Because I know most I of them were at Hialeah. Yeah, it looked, it was a Hialeah. And I, I, when I was watching the movie, I watched it again this morning just right. so I'd be even more familiar. And I, I can't remember where I saw a couple of the scenes that were shot at Hollywood Park. They may not have even used them or it may have been interiors, but I know I was on the racetrack at Hollywood Park. So maybe it was something earlier in the movie. I, I don't remember where it was. Okay, fair enough then. True, true story is my grandfather, I was out there shooting, it was at Hollywood Park, and I said to him, hey, I'm going to run around the main track. I'm gonna, I want to see how long it'll take me. And my grandfather goes, go ahead. I got about a 16th of a mile and just turned around. I didn't, you know, as a kid, you don't realize that it's like, it's very, it's like, a, you know, over a mile. Uh, anyway. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Jockey Club. This episode was hosted and edited by me, Dan Delgado. Thank you to my special guest, Billy Koch. Be sure to check out his podcast, The Owner's Box. There's a link to it in the show description. Our music is from Epidemic Sound. Our cover art is by Sean Labrie. And if you enjoyed this episode, and I'd like to think that you did, then you can help the show out by buying me a coffee. This is a thing. There is a link to it in the show notes on how to do it. A few of you have done it, and I want to say thank you once again to everyone who has. I certainly appreciate it. If you're saving up all your pennies to bet on the four horse and you just can't, well, then I understand that. You can still support the show by leaving a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you may be listening to this. You can contact me through email. It's dan at moviemaker.com. I'm on Twitter at underscore Dan underscore Delgado. And yes, I'm on the Repod app, which is a great way to not only listen to podcasts, but to interact with podcast hosts, much like myself. Look for it in your app store. Come on by and say hello. This has been Dan Delgado for The Jockey Club. And remember, 
Sometimes you could be walking around lucky and not know it. <laughs>